folks. Got a little voice crack there. That's new. That's fun. Am I going through puberty again? I don't know. Welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burst here as always with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if you want to listen to it on the reg, make sure you go over to Apple, Spotify, and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network Fate Network. Man, I am. Zach, what are we doing here? I can't. I'm not not performing at my best at the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed, Apple and Spotify. And then after you do that, if you are more inclined to visuals, YouTube dot com and then look up A to Z Sports and subscribe to that channel because we're putting up the podcast there. We're putting up the podcast. We're putting up podcast clips uh, and and you can find the content there and see Zach and I's faces if that's something you want to do. At Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville, and A to Z Sports.com for all the stuff that Zach and I write on the old internet. Got that out of the way now that uh, I've ruined the introduction and we're off on a great foot. Um, been one of those weeks, Zach. We went away for a week and we always kind of say, Hopefully nothing crazy happens between now and then. And as far as Tennessee sports goes, nothing all that crazy happened. But there's a war uh, that's happening overseas. That's great. I When I say I don't want crazy things to happen, I'll take crazy things happening with Tennessee sports as long as a war is not breaking out. So prayers to everybody involved in that situation. Not Certainly not going to talk about it here. But... Uh, not uh, not the most fun week ever having to deal with that so far, and it's far from over. But, Zach, with everything that is going on, how are you, sir? Yeah, I mean, as far as Tennessee sports go, uh, it's been a pretty fun week. It feels like spring is in the air when it comes to sports because you got Tennessee basketball marching forward towards uh, March Madness. Tennessee baseball is off to a really hot start. They've scored an insane amount of runs. So as, as we enter the spring, it's like Tennessee athletics are kind of trending as up as they have in a long time. I mean, every every program is kind of on the way up. And uh, Tony Vitello is actually talking to uh, our own Buck Rising today, who hosts the midday show on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. He was talking about that very thing. I mean, not just the the revenue sports and then plus baseball, but men's tennis, swimming, I mean, all kinds of athletics at Tennessee uh, just seem to be going in the right direction. So it's a good time. Uh, I saw a post on Facebook in a, in a random group I'm in where somebody was begging for some advice is in a random college football group, begging for some advice on which program to be a fan of. And they were down to Alabama, Ohio state and Tennessee. And which is an, an odd mix, right? Interesting. But it kind of tells you, like, what, what are you looking for? Are you looking for the easy way where you can just cheer for championships at Alabama? Or do you want a, you know, a passionate fan base that when it when it starts going good, you know, you've got fans that have they're not jumping on the bandwagon. They've been on this thing through thick and thin. I mean, those are the guys you those are the fans you want to be with. Those are the ones uh the celebration's gonna be that much better when they when they do finally 
win big in any of these sports. You know, the 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 sweet's not quite as sweet without the bitter, and I think that should kind of be like a motto for Tennessee fans. I always respect anybody who is a true fan of a team where life's not easy because it means you're a real fan and that's uh i mm-hmm. whoever that person is credit to them they're probably going to choose alabama let's be probably honest. yeah it's the way of the world at the moment but um if you can jump on this insane bandwagon you're gonna have fun i will mm-hmm. guarantee it it's an addictive drug it's it's almost is aren't there people that like get addicted to pain it's like uh masochism masochism let's yeah, yeah. that word like yeah. talk for a job uh ma- masochists are all tennessee fans masochists maybe but we have a good time uh and it's never a dull moment ever this podcast i mean we always say it we we think we're gonna have a quiet week and then we have a whole like 90 minute show all of a sudden in one day where it just becomes, Oh, it's, we thought it was going to be quiet. And then the whole, you know, the whole ecosystem at the university of Tennessee exploded. So you never know, but yeah, uh, Tennessee, have- Tennessee sports never really takes a day off. I mean, never, even in the depths of May, late May, early June, when, when not a lot's going on, there's there's still something happening. It's football recruiting. It's it's maybe baseball is making a run. It's it's something with basketball. There's always something going on, good good and bad. We we've seen plenty of bad come out in the summertime too. But you know it really is 365 days a year. And Tennessee fans, I mean, that's why we get to do what we do because they're that passionate about Tennessee. It is truly something special, and I think we all know that. We're and we're gonna get into. Uh... Tennessee fans warring with Auburn fans uh, here here in just a minute. But I, I do want to acknowledge, maybe this will get some folks over to the YouTube channel uh, behind me here. This is new. I got sort of a new background that's just the bookcases behind me in my office. And people might notice, if anybody is an OG listener to myself, going all the way back before Swain and, and all of that radio, I did a show called The Volcast with, uh, with Brad Matthews in like 20... 16 uh and behind us on that show for a long time was this picture of Vern Lundquist beautiful beautiful Vern um I guess trying on the strap of a football helmet on on his chin it's a hilarious picture he was our mascot on that show and it has returned I found it my wife and I moved into this house recently we were moving in and I found this picture and I was like oh my gosh that's the Vern picture and so I had to put it behind me. You can go to YouTube, A to Z Sports, and, and find it there when we put this show up. And then I, I also have, I think people think that my affinity for Vern Lundquist is like, oh, it's a, it's a meme that he does on, on Twitter and whatever. It's not. Vern Lundquist is the best. He's the GOAT as far as announcers go. As, if you are asking me, he's the best to ever do it. And I, I also have this. You just can't see it. On, let me grab it. Hold on. Behind me on my desk is it the picture that is my well oh, I wow. just, it fell and it broke but this is great this is amazing well, you have to, you have to go to you have to YouTube go to channel. yeah you have to go to youtube now to see what charlie just yeah, did I, I literally it broke so this is cool <laughs> um but it is it's me and vern and it's my profile picture on twitter that i have behind me on my desk if you thought that is incredible that you've had that as your profile picture for 
I don't know. As long as I can remember at this point, I can't remember a different profile picture. Years and years and years. Uh, and it, and it really came from, I loved Vern Lundquist before. I mean, he's obviously, I think he is in the modern era of college football. After Keith Jackson retired, he was the best to do it. Vern was, even though people were like, oh, he's old and he doesn't, he's not is good or whatever they were saying. He was still the best and he still does the masters. And I love mm-hmm. him. But uh, it started, like, do people know, have we talked about that on this show? Like the why me and Vern are inextricably inextricably linked forever i uh i know me and you have discussed it before but i don't i think it might have just been like before the show one time well so back in this would have been like 2015 i think i'd have to go back and look at uh at the tweets i had that as my profile picture or something maybe actually i think i had this as my profile picture potentially what's behind me Mm -hmm. him with the the chin strap uh and i tweeted something about uh Greer, Will Greer, something just about him, like negatively when he played at Florida and his brother is super famous and his brother retweeted me, quote tweeted me and said, like, look at this idiot, you know, something like that. And an army of 12 year old girls was like, screw you, old man. They thought I was Vern. Uh, And they were like, look at this old guy. He doesn't know anything about will greer and he's the best and uh one of the funnier things that has ever happened to me in this ridiculous media career that i've i've sort of paid did, did you defend yourself against any of that or did you just give up after a certain point you just there's no point in defending i really leaned into it frankly uh because it's so funny that all of those people thought i was Vern lundquist i still every now and again i get somebody who just like doesn't know sports that well and will tweet at me about something and they they think I'm Vern in my uh, profile picture. Cracks me up every single time. Uh, but that is f- forever. Me and old Vern. The, like I said, the OGs will remember. Because it happened when we were doing the Vol quests, or uh, Volcast back then. Um, and and yeah, good, good times between me and Vern. Uh, a little <laughs> ridiculous uh, storytelling there to start the show off. Um, all of that aside. Let's talk about the week in Tennessee sports, Zach. Tennessee basketball, first and foremost, we're going to cover basketball, football, and probably the the biggest sport right now in terms of fan hype, baseball, man. People are on one over baseball at the moment, uh, and we'll, we'll cover that. But basketball first, Tennessee, uh, they go and they lay the smackdown on Missouri. That game was fun, but not all that consequential. Um I think some Tennessee fans were hoping that it would be the game that gets Conzo Martin fired. I think they're in such a deep hole now that even a beatdown like that is not going to get him fired. I mean, at this point, I, I think everybody knows that whole train is over. He's done at Missouri, surely. I don't know what they're doing if he's not. Uh, but 20-point win for Tennessee, pretty pretty standard good game for the Vols. But then Auburn comes the Thompson Bowling Arena. The Vols get down by 11 points in the second half and then turn on the elite defense that we've seen all season long. They stick it to Auburn, just made them so uncomfortable, and they were playing such good defense. I mean, it's it's the best defense they've played all season because they played probably the best player they've played all season in in Jabari Smith. The dude is automatic points. He's incredible. Um, He's going to be a lottery pick if, if not one of the top picks in this upcoming NBA draft. 
The dude's on another level. Mm-hmm. He scored 27 points even still in that game. I mean, he was just ridiculous. And Tennessee pulled it out. Awesome win over Auburn. I'm sure you watched the game, Zach. What uh, What were your thoughts? Uh, well, f- the first thing before we really get to the game, I, I I do this from time to time. I went I went back Saturday night, Sunday morning, and looked at your timeline uh, from your Twitter account just to see what kind of experience it was because you know you see it mixed in <laughs> these are five tweets in a row that i, I want to read to you <laughs> can't do stupid stuff like that against this team return of the garbage offense you have to be kidding this is rigged screw you at sec officiating <laughs> terrible <laughs> Tennessee yeah. won this game by five points, by the way. It was one of those nights, I, I will say, of Pat Adams in that game. It one was, of the worst yes. calls I have ever seen. I assume if not, you're the call against Fulkerson, I assume you're, yes. you're talking. Yes. The, I mean, what? He was standing still. Unbelievable. I, like, And you could have even made the case, I believe it was Santiago Vescovi on the other side of that yeah. play. If you're you going to call a foul on any Tennessee player, is is Vescovi there. Exactly. You could have made a case. I still would have disagreed, I think. Mm-hmm. But the call on Fulkerson in that play was unbelievable. Like, Pat Adams is terrible. Always has been. He loves to make the game about himself like so many of those stupid refs do. But that call was unconscionable. I, I could not believe it. And, uh, you know, un- unsurprisingly, he's he yeah. owns it. And then late, later in the game... Gave a really favorable call to Tennessee where the ball clearly bounced off of, was it Josiah mm-hmm. Jordan James' foot? And then he gave the ball to Tennessee very, very adamantly. Gave the ball to Tennessee. Um, and it, it was a it was a back-and-forth game, but one of the worst calls I've ever seen. But there was a stretch in that game, and this is what will perpetually scare me about this Tennessee basketball team. They were down by 11. Went on a total dry spell on the offensive mm-hmm. end. And really, even in the comeback, we're not playing incredibly well on the offensive end. I would say you had some guys at Kai Ziegler and, and Vescovi hit some really clutch shots. Um, and then when Auburn made a final surge there at the end and Tennessee was kind of falling apart, uh, Kennedy Chandler made a really clutch drive to the basket and made a hoop that Tennessee needed very badly. Um, ultimately, you know, the way that the game played out, they probably wouldn't have needed it either way, but still um yeah it's it's concerning because yeah if auburn would have been i mean auburn did not shoot well at all from three i mean they were what, f- five for 24 i mean if they're just just a little bit better it's a completely different game and that that is definitely concerning so i i, I a, mean I've, a win's I, a win yeah win win is a win and it's a win over the number three team in america it's incredible mm-hmm. and you finally you got the bruce pearl monkey off your back you lost six in a row to Bruce and you finally are able to shed that and thank goodness for that. I was so happy to finally get that over with. Cause it's just been so annoying having that Bruce owns Tennessee and you know, all that garbage. Um, and Auburn really thinking that they're something special when they haven't been good in basketball for ever, never in my lifetime have they, since, since Charles Barkley was there. Um, have they ever been particularly good? Um, and, and, now all of a sudden they're beating their chest like they've done something. 
And so I, it was nice to see you finally got that done with. Now, does that translate over to a win on a neutral floor? Does that translate over to a win at Auburn? I think you lose it probably by double digits at Auburn. And you probably lose on a neutral floor. Um, just judging, not to get down on it. It was a great win. It was an awesome win. It's it's a season-defining win, in a sense. Um, and you were undefeated at home still. And it really speaks to how powerful Thompson Bowling Green is as a home venue. But... Let's be totally honest about what we watched. Is Auburn probably the better team in totality? Yeah, I, I think they are when you really look at it. But can Tennessee put it together with some of these elements that we saw in this game? And this is where I was kind of going with this. Not that I don't want to bog down a great win. Where I'm going with this is this. If Tennessee can turn on certain elements in their game that haven't been present for a lot of this season, specifically the rebounding ability of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the length of Jonas, I do the, the rebounding ability of like Josiah Jordan, James and John Fulkerson and Fulkerson's ability to play well in the paint. That is so spotty. He, he has games where he's on it and games where he is just completely non-existent And this one only scored five points, but he came up, I believe with, was it eight rebounds total and like six offensive rebounds? Just nine, crazy. Nine, nine total, nine total and, and six, six offensive. offensive. Yeah. You, you can't you can't understate the value of that. No. Six offensive rebounds. Brandon Huntley Hatfield out oh, yeah. five. I mean, yeah, that, that's and, how you win games. Yeah, nineteen second chance points. I wrote an article about it. That's why I'm rattling off off the top of the dome. Um, nineteen second chance points in this game. That's the game. Mm-hmm. That's where you won the game. You won the game on on the offensive boards. If you can incorporate that. Where, I mean, they took Walker Kessler out of that game. He was out of his element. They made his life so uncomfortable where he could do almost nothing. He grabbed five rebounds in that whole game. And he's pro well, he's not the best big man in, in America. That's probably Chet Holmgren, but uh, he's right there. Walker Kessler is right there. And man, they made that dude's life really tough. And if you could bring that element into the game for Tennessee, that's a game changer. It, it really, really is. Cause it's something that they just haven't had. And if that continues forward, you can make a little noise because it, it makes Tennessee a really powerful basketball team. Yeah, I'll tell you something I really noticed from this game, and, and I didn't really notice it as much watching it live, but some of the clips that were tweeted from, from the floor, I guess like from uh, news photographers that are there uh, shooting their own their own footage, they tweeted out some clips of Brandon Huntley Hatfield and just how chippy and physical he is. I mean, that guy is there's just something it was a joy to watch i mean he plays the game he's not intimidated at all and that was really fun to watch i saw i think the the, one of the tweets that you're probably referring to i think i saw from the the whoever does rocky top insider now yeah it might have been yeah it was that guy um his name's escaping me i apologize to him um but uh i saw him post uh that Walker Kessler's coming back up the floor. Brandon Huntley Hatfield makes a really nice play and then goes, goes down to play defense and Walker Kessler is coming back up the floor and he just gives Walker Kessler a little shoulder. Mm-hmm. He just gives yeah, him yeah. a little love tap, you know, and says, Hey, this isn't going to be easy for you. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to be here all day and we're going to be right on top of you. And I, that's it. That's so mm-hmm. awesome. He, you look at the impact he made on that basketball game, only scoring five points and made a huge impact on that basketball game. You don't have to put a ton of points on the board to be a huge asset in, in the game of basketball. And that it speaks right to it as far as his performance in that game, Folky's performance in that game. 
it, it changes everything. If you can get guys that are, they're all over the boards, making plays, getting in guys' faces on defense, it, it's just awesome. And, and I mentioned it before, it's probably the best defense that Tennessee has played. Auburn's backcourt. I, I will say Auburn as a totality is probably better because of Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, but Tennessee's backcourt was superior. I And I don't think it was even really close. You combine Ziegler and Kennedy Chandler and Santiago Vescovi together, they are a problem. Tennessee mm-hmm. is good. This is a very good basketball team. Like, make no mistake about it. I And I, and I think we're, yeah, we're biased and we're Tennessee fans and everything, but you look at outside analysis. I listen to a lot of national college basketball analysis. Tennessee is getting respect because they're the real deal this season. Are they like the best team in America? No, but you have three top five wins at home. You have a win over the number two team in America. You have a win over the number three team in America. Kentucky was number four when you beat them. Uh, And, you know, you just look at that resume and you go, Tennessee could do it. It's there for this team. The talent is there. The ability is there. But will they perform when the time is right? That's the perpetual question. It's kind of wild that they have seven losses, and this is probably one of the most impressive resumes they've really ever had because of the teams yeah. they beat. And they don't have – I mean, we've talked about it a lot outside of this show, and I know it's been talked about a lot on social media, but they don't have a bad loss. I mean, they haven't lost at home. Every loss has been to a team that was either ranked or is ranked. Uh, what What's your worst loss? Like the blowout to Kentucky or maybe to – Alabama I mean that's Alabama. and that's not a that's not a bad loss really that's a tough that's a tough place to play and a game you know that that's a game they probably should have won um I saw yeah and it, a, and it is a game they should have won and it's yeah. annoying because Tennessee would have been in the lead of the SEC yeah Tennessee would have had the number one spot in the league if they would have won that game but would have could have should have uh I saw something I forget the exact stat that it was I think it was the top three teams in the SEC at home this season are like 68 and one at home. And the, yeah, the one loss yeah. is Arkansas to Vanderbilt in Bud Walton arena, which is so crazy. Uh, but, and yeah, and you, you can't downplay how huge this Arkansas game is going to be. You got to assume Tennessee's mm. going to take care of business at Georgia. That's, that's it's a, a real problem a, if they don't. But Georgia's are got some real problems right now themselves. Yeah, that's six a, wins on the season. I mean, Georgia basketball doesn't get a lot of attention, but Tom Crean is just totally melting down there between the the assistant fighting what another staff member and then him not reporting it supposedly, and then getting caught on a live mic talking about who leaked it, uh, talking crap about one of his own players. <laughs> that's he's got to be packing his stuff already i'm sure yeah he's you you better be looking at houses in some other town if, yeah if you're tom crean that's that the hammer's coming so yeah you can't um, lose that game no way yeah you can't that's lose it. at yeah it's at georgia they absolutely stink they are completely terrible but you can't fall asleep at the wheel True. auburn almost lost at georgia earlier this yeah they, yeah with over some time yeah, yeah I, I think um, so don't fall asleep at the wheel. Now, Tennessee has been very good in that spot all season long. They're going to be probably a 15-point favorite going into that game. And uh, all all season, you have not lost a game like that. One whipped South Carolina at South Carolina, whipped Missouri at Missouri, beat Mississippi State on the road. You know, won those games that you're supposed to win, 
uh, in pretty impressive fashion most of the time. So hopefully that streak just continues. Uh, but it all, it's all about this postseason, man. That's, that's it. You know, I, I had somebody tweeted me yesterday. They might be a listener to, to the show. Um, and kind of said, you know, I forget exactly what it was. Somebody had said like, where are all the people that wanted Rick Barnes fired? And somebody tweeted at me and was like, he's looking at you or whatever. Um, and first of all, I never said the Rick Barnes should be fired. I said, if this, if this season goes South, you might have to talk to him about retiring. That is all that I have said. It did not go South and the season is great, but we already know Rick Barnes is a great regular season coach. He has done this. We've seen this. He had a 30 win season. I'm not squabbling with Rick Barnes in in the regular season. I'm not squabbling with Rick Barnes on the recruiting trail. He's proved himself time and time and time again on that front. I don't care about that. It's all about this postseason, man. You got to win this SEC tournament. You got to win in the NCAA tournament and make a final four and elite eight, something like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What what's the uh, what's acceptable? I mean, I know you want a final four, and then you get to the final four, anything can happen. I mean, I don't, I never hold any losses against final four teams. Uh, but so I but think what's the, minimum? Well, with, with the level that Tennessee is playing at right now, it depends on the the path that you have to take. But if Tennessee does not have to play uh, Auburn or Kentucky before the SEC final, chances are you'll have to play at least Kentucky. But that's neither here nor there. Um, If you don't have to play either of those, then you better make the SEC championship game. I think that's one thing. Because you're that good. You're you're Mm -hmm. the third best team in the league. You're right there. You're you're a little bit better than Arkansas. I think you should be able to prove that in this coming Saturday. Um, you're better than Arkansas. Kentucky and Auburn, as again as a as a whole, are probably better at least on paper. Make it to that championship game. Give yourself a chance to win an SEC tournament, and then in the NCAA tournament, minimum Sweet Sixteen. This is a Sweet Sixteen team. I think you're minimum. I like anything before the Sweet Sixteen is a failure, and a Sweet Sixteen, even losing in the Sweet Sixteen. I, I don't want to call it a failure, but I'm certainly not going to be impressed. Yeah. When you what if, the- what if what if they win the SEC tournament? Does that it, take the heat off of like or the pressure off of performing in the in the tournament? Like, okay, you flew flew loss in the second round, but you won the SEC tournament. I would be ecstatic. I mean, I I can say that's the SEC tournament win is one of those things I've never seen in my life. It hasn't yeah. happened since before I was born. I had never seen it. And so it would be unbelievable, and I would be absolutely ecstatic dancing on the ceiling. But if you lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament, unless it is a freak thing where it's loyal to Chicago and that team ultimately <laughs> the, makes it to yeah, the Final yeah. Four, which, you know, that would be classic Tennessee stuff. You just end up playing mm-hmm. the Miracle team. Uh, unless it's that, you're going to be hard-pressed to not have me flaming some folks with a second round exit and especially a first round exit that cannot happen. You're going to, you're going to be a three seed in but You know, ultimately you're not going to fall below a four. I don't really know that there's a scenario where that happens for Tennessee at this point. I don't think so. And so that first round, you're going to be playing at, at 14, 13, 13 at worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at worst, a 13 seed. You cannot lose that game. You should win in the second round. Also, and then the Sweet 16, we can have a different conversation. But I, again, I say it every single time we have this conversation. Rick set these expectations. He makes $5 million. He had a 31 season. 
he had these great teams that he we we know that he can put a great product on the floor, but you have to win in the postseason. Like that is it. I and it's not making a final four for the ability that this team has, making a final four is not a miracle. People would not look at that and be like, oh, it was a Cinderella. You're gonna be a three seed. A three seed in the final four is not a Cinderella. You were you're one of those teams that's kind of in that level of of being a quote unquote final four team. And if you're a three seed, you're viewed as one of the top 12 teams in the country. I mean, yeah. basically. So yeah, you- exactly. Like that's, that's it. You're one of the top 12 teams uh, in America. And I, I would adamantly stand by that. And you're playing very cohesively and really well and finding new elements that are really lifting your team. Like the, the length and the ability of Huntley Hatfield and Jonas, I do like these, these things are popping up that are really working in your favor. Take advantage of it. That's all I want to see. Like, please, 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 please. I want it so badly. I cannot describe you how badly. I uh, uh, spe- Speaking of Rick Barnes, uh, real quick, before we move on from basketball, uh, what, what do you think about his towards the fans when they were chanting overrated at Auburn? I, I do think he's right. Don't discredit Tennessee's win and by saying that Auburn is way overrated you are kind of saying like this win isn't as good as like why are you getting excited if Auburn is overrated you know that's a fair point also I think Auburn is overrated (laughs) so and it's not like they stormed the court and also chanted that either yeah I like that they didn't storm the court and you know we 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 I guess we, we texted about that I think like should they storm the court will they storm the court I think you were like, no, they they should not, and it does. Yeah, it's not it's not worthy of that. You know, you're supposedly one of the top fifteen teams in the country. Act like you've been there, type deal. Yeah. So I did like that, and uh, I know there's a lot of back and forth about court storming on social media this week. So much is made of of that. I've I, I view it, it as look, you're in college for four years. You don't get but so many opportunities to exactly. have a moment like that. So students just want to they just want to do it and experience it. I, I don't I get it on one hand, like okay, it's not worthy of that. Act like you've been there, but also like, hey, you know, you're there to have fun at the same time. Somebody did bring it up to me though, and I I wonder if this is an element. Two things as far as that goes. Somebody who was at both the Kentucky and the Auburn game, I was at the Kentucky game and did not notice this, but somebody who was at both of those games said that at both games, students tried to rush the court and security like took them out. And- yeah, I think that's accurate because Tony Vitello, when he was on with Buck Rising today, uh, mentioned that where he, he didn't really talk specifically about that, but he kind of referenced uh, they kept them from storming the court, like kind of. Hmm you know, alluding to that. So well, that, that does seem accurate. And I wonder if Tennessee is being very serious about that. Cause someone else brought another person brought this up to me. Um, after the Ole Miss debacle in football, mm. do we get extra penalties if we break another? Cause I believe you get penalized so. for storming yeah. the court. And yeah. I think a double violation, I think we get smacked pretty hard. Mm. I didn't um, think about that. That's a good point. Yeah. So Again, somebody else brought that to my attention. I have to go back and look at again for the second time. Why do you find? I mean, I get, I don't know. Uh, Are they worried about player safety 
is that I think so. The thing that's I mean, that's like the Kentucky main thing. took their players off the court when they lost this weekend. You saw that before time had even expired, and I assumed they they took a little bit of heat for that, but I assume that was why. That's always the rationale that you hear from the curmudgeons that don't like it is because because you do see it one that happened. I remember one that I remember specifically where there's some validity to that. Um, Indiana beat Kentucky uh, during Kentucky's national championship year when they had Anthony Davis and that team mm-hmm. was so good. I believe it was that same year. Indiana beat them that year on a last second shot. I think we've all seen it. The Watford for the win. That whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And, uh, and they stormed the court. I remember hearing Dick Vitale, because he was calling the game, Dick Vitale talking about it after the fact, and he said that him and Shulman got, like, trampled. Mm. Like, fans were coming over their back and trying to get onto the court, and it was, like, a kind of dangerous situation um, because of that. So there is... Some yeah. amount of validity to that, where you, you kind of have the rich blue hairs sitting right there on the court where Tony Vitello is sitting, and they don't want to get run over. I students. don't think Vitello. I don't think Vitello would have cared. I think he'd have been. No, right Vitello would have been into it. Yeah, yeah. He he was all about it. Uh, but and, and yeah, like you said, we're gonna talk about him in a second. But uh, on well, so I guess on this note, this is a perfect transition. Also, I think you saw this as much as I did, Zach. Auburn fans are so I I have always thought that Tennessee and Auburn are kind of on a pretty level playing field. I kind of consider Auburn like the Tennessee of the West. Mm-hmm. It's like we're sort of we're always right there on the cusp of stuff, but never able to truly break through. And you you were definitely relevant on the national stage but like not consistently, like we're just sort of similar in that way. We sort of trade wins back and forth in the major sports and, but their fans are not like Tennessee fans. Mm -hmm. Tennessee fans completely brash in your face. We don't care what you think about us. I think last year with baseball, you saw the absolute epitome of that, where we literally printed out shirts that said like, be the villain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we are happy to embrace being hated. Auburn comes in to Thompson Bowling Arena and their players, apparently this is a season-long thing that they have been doing. Their players go to midcourt, home and away. Many Auburn fans brought this up to me. We do it at home too. This doesn't matter, but anyway, they dance at midcourt and at away games, that means they dance on the opposing team's logo, which is, for time immemorial, always has been considered disrespectful. When you, like this happens in football games, when you want to show disrespect to that other team, when you want to show them that you, you know, you're not here to play around, you go and you step, you know, step on that logo of midfield, spit on it, whatever. Like, it's a symbol of you being like, screw you. You know, we're here and... Usually people do it after they win. You go and plant your flag. That, that's a typical uh, um, football. Baker Mayfield plant, plant the, move. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield. Plant the flag at midfield, right in the middle of the other team's logo. That sort of stuff. Who was Widely that? Widely known. Do, do you remember, uh, as a quick aside, do you remember the football, was it Michigan or Michigan State, when they were like literally kicking up the dirt on the logo before the game? There's a football player and they... I remember that. 
Oh, I'll have to find it and, and send it to you later. But that that is that is the one that always sticks in my head whenever somebody does like that was the ultimate disrespect move. But you're right. I mean, it is yeah. You, I saw a lot of that. Like, oh, they do it, they do it, they do it all the time. They do it all the time. Like, well, you're doing it all the time for a reason. You know what you're doing. Exactly. Like you said, you know how it comes across. So, so I don't I was be surprised. surprised when people get mad. I was very surprised. We, of course, it, like tons of Tennessee fans, including me, tweeted about this. And we were like, this is obviously disrespectful. This Don't let them do this. Now, be, you know, they did it, and it's before the game. If you do it after the game, after you win, fair enough. We should have beat you. You know, we should have had a better team to beat you. But they do it before the game. And every Tennessee fan that was in Thompson Bowling Arena booed them while they did it. There was video of it, and they booed them. And then us on social media who weren't there, we went, this is so ridiculous that they do this. And then all these Auburn fans, including Barrett Salee, tweeted at me. And he was like, oh, they do this at every game, home and away. That's not an excuse. What are you talking about? We need to get Barrett on the show. I I, I really like Barrett Salee a lot. And I was surprised to see him do this because, first of all, He's a national reporter, and he really tries to make a point not to be like, he went to Auburn. He, I believe he's an Auburn alum yeah. and an Auburn fan, and he tries to hide it most of the time. He, he's been very good at it. I yeah, mean, for the longest time, and I didn't really know him that well, I wasn't sure. I thought, I kind of assumed he was a Georgia grad just because he was, you know, lives in the Atlanta area. So, yeah, he, he usually does a pretty good job. But he... He came, tweeted at me, unprovoked. Well, unprovoked. I did tweet about it. But... Uh, <laughs> But he, you know, he, he saw it, he follows me on Twitter. He saw it. And then he tweeted at me and said, they do this at every game. And then like five other Auburn fans piled on from there where they were like, yeah, they do do it every game. What difference does that make? It is still disrespectful. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. And this is the difference that to me, that shows me that Auburn fans are they got a different mentality from Tennessee fans. Characterize it however you want. A lot of Tennessee fans, again, it's kind of including myself, we were basically saying, why aren't they such a whiny bunch of losers? Why are you doing this? Don't be like this. You're in the SEC. This is not who you should be. But the difference is Tennessee fans will be disrespectful right to your face. We'll spit on your shoes and we'll look you in the face and we'll go, screw you. And and we do that. Embrace being the villain. Auburn will do that, spit on your shoes, and then go like, well, I spit on my own shoes. So what difference does that make, you know? Like, what are you talking about? You spit on my shoes. This is not how this works. If you're going to be disrespectful, if you're going to be, if you're, frankly, it's it's the Bruce Pearl mentality. If you're going to have the Bruce Pearl mentality, the brash, out there, braggadocious guy, you got to embrace it. You Mm -hmm. can't do it and then be like, but we didn't do, what the, that's not disrespectful. Dancing on your logo, I mean, of course not disrespectful. Yes, it is. Stop, don't. I don't care if you do that. I love the braggadocious stuff in sports. It's one of the best parts of sports. I love mm-hmm. when Tennessee beats somebody and you get to throw it right in their face and go, look at suckers. And then, you know, that's justified. I don't care what you think about us at that point. We won, but they do it before the game and then have excuses for it. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's annoying. I, I will say one thing. We're, we're, both pretty active on, on social media or on Twitter specifically. We see comments from Tennessee fans that are at the games all the time. And I really don't see many Tennessee fans. I mean, they throw shade at other fan bases, no doubt. 
I mean, Tennessee Twitter does that. Vol Twitter does that, unlike any other fan base. But they don't whine about how they're treated by their fan bases. You never oh, yeah. really see that ever. This was this was another thing with without getting into specifics. Well, I won't say any specific names, but there were, we'll say, prominent Auburn fans who were complaining that they were mistreated by Tennessee fans. And then Tennessee fans asked for specifics. And some of the folks were saying like, oh, people yelled like, screw you at me. People were yelling at me. Like, have you ever been to an away game in the SEC? What do you? I mean, I've been to a number of football stadiums and a number of basketball stadiums. That happens outside of Vanderbilt. That happens at all of them. Well, maybe Missouri too. But like, Every single one of those. You go to like LSU or, you know, Alabama, since they've been so good, they almost take pity on you. But Florida any of those, George, oh my gosh, Georgia fans, Georgia fans oh, will bark yeah. in your face. What are you talking about? And they're, uh, these Auburn fans are all up in arms. They were mean to me when I went to Thompson Bowling Arena. Shut up. <laughs> don't, don't whine. Don't come into our house. It is so soft. It's such a soft. Like yeah. I, I, I will not defend if there was, don't throw anything at anybody. No, don't. But if you're like, I have, I even remember specifically one, when I was a student, it was a Kentucky game. I want to say it was when Tennessee beat John wall that year, but a Kentucky fan who was like student aged. So like college age, Kentucky fan was sitting next to us and we were jawing back and forth the whole game. And then Tennessee wins, and I turned, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but it certainly was not nice. <laughs> and we, like, had words. But that's part of it. Like, that's part of the game. Don't, you know, don't yell, don't, no kids. Don't, don't, yeah. don't be Or older jerk. people. You're not gonna, there's no need for that either. But yeah, but I mean, most people know the limitations, and they know... What goes and doesn't go. Like, of course, there's always some obnoxious fans, but typically there's been alcohol involved, and most yeah. of us just move right along and just ignore it. You know, and you can tell when it's coming from a, a different place than just some trash talk and some some ribbing back and forth. You know when it's when it's going a little overboard, and you best thing to do is just get out of the situation because nothing positive is going to happen. But I'm not going to go on social media and whine about it. No, because it's not it's not out of the ordinary. It's not no. an extraordinary situation to be yelled at by opposing fans. Like, would I prefer that that didn't happen? Maybe. Like, go to a NASCAR but, race and just the the hate that people have for people at, at NASCAR races if you don't pull for the same <laughs> manuf- car manufacturer is, <laughs> is unreal. That Go to that and everything else kind of seems mild. There's just some, some craziness at, at some of that those events. And, and maybe we are just desensitized to it because we're yeah, you know, possibly we're Tennessee fans. It's, it's part of our, it's in our DNA maybe, but we like, just look at the difference. Tennessee fans through the old Miss debacle and all that stuff, old Miss debacle, the, the baseball season where people were really hating on us. People through all of that, they were like, Tennessee fans are classless, 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 class. Did we turn around and go, no, we're not. We're not classless. No, the, the vol shop. Tennessee's like Tennessee, the University of Tennessee owns the ball shop, and the ball shop made a t shirt 
that says classless that you can buy. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I think maybe it was fan created. I, but either way, I know the ball shop created that villain shirt. So yeah. <laughs> even they lean they into didn't it. The they lean one, into it, and it's yeah. smart. I mean, like that's that's the difference. I'm not saying we're superior. Auburn has been better than Tennessee at football for a, a while. Yeah. This this season, it was. I think we had the same record. Yeah. Or did did they go? No, six they. And seven? I can't remember if they seven six six and seven one, but like but they're they're trending down at the moment. Yeah, but uh, and and like it, with basketball, I'll admit, in general, th- they probably have the better basketball team. But you lost. You're gonna get yelled at by an opposing fan base. You lost. So we're gonna we're gonna come after you for dancing on the logo. You lost. If you don't like it, win. That's it. Don't be whiny losers. That's all that, that we're asking. Uh, but any before we, we move on, we got a little football, a little baseball to talk about. But any other thoughts on basketball before we head out? No, I mean, I, I think what we're fixing to move into is is the thing I'm most excited about this week and, and talking about Tony Vitello because that dude is the, the most popular man on in Knoxville right now, without a doubt. That dude... I've never seen a Tennessee coach who gets the men and the women alike going the way that Tony Vitello does. The the women in a way that they, I think, want to sleep with Tony Vitello. Uh, and then with the guys, we love. He's he's brash. He's out there. He's 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 what we were talking about. Kind of that. Well, let, let's say it this this way. He's got a little bit of that Bruce Pearl in him. And Tennessee fans have been waiting for a guy like this. It's the perfect fit at the exact right time with Tony V right now. Cause he has a great team. At least, I mean, we need to see it against a better, a better baseball team, but I think it's going to translate over. They scored 68 runs against Iona. Iona is very, very bad. They're very bad, like exceptionally bad, but 68 runs. I don't care who you're playing 68 runs in three games. Over the weekend. So Vitello has a great team. And then he goes to the basketball game and he wears a Zakai Ziegler shirt and he's pumping everybody up. And and then he makes comments after the game. You you wrote about this. What what was some of the stuff that that people were really loving that he said after this game? Well, he was uh he was talking about he somebody gave him the courtside tickets, uh, because those are even being a coach, those are still hard to come across. I mean, Very you valuable. see Josh Heupel sitting in like the fifth row when he goes to games. I mean, it, it is, it's not an easy thing to get, but he, he, he kind of talked about how it's a good thing. He doesn't have those season tickets because he would probably, probably be ejected at, from at least seven games. He said a minimum of seven games. It's like, he's just like all of us, the passion, uh, you know, he's a coach that's been in these competitive situations, but he's still a fan uh, of, of Tennessee sports and, it's just relatable. You know, he's just there. He's got a Bud Light, Coors Light something sitting under his chair. Um, he's wearing as a Ty Ziegler, like, shirt, jersey, deal, with, like, some gold Nike shoes. Just kind of absurd. But it's just like a – he's just a dude that it, it just seems normal. Just seems like he loves being there. And he kind of talked about that when he was on with Buck Rising today or, or on Monday. Where he he loves Knoxville, he thinks it's a great 
college town, a great college atmosphere. And you can tell he's really leaning into the way the fans have embraced the baseball program. And he, you know, he's a low key guy, but I also think he kind of enjoys he, the, the status that he has right now. Not in a bad way. I mean, I, I like it. I, I'm glad that he does because I like said Tennessee needs that from somebody. And he's not a, you know, he's a Missouri guy. He's from St. Louis. It just proves that you don't have to hire a Tennessee guy to lead a program. You just got to hire somebody that wants to be here and it's passionate about it. And man, like I can't think of anybody better to be leading the baseball team right now than him. Like I said, he he's the right coach at the right time. Tennessee mm-hmm. could be good right now. I think basketball is the perfect example of this. Rick Barnes is not that excitable guy. He's not out there talking, talking his talk. You know, that's just not his style. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. Doesn't get people going like that. He he just goes out and his team wins wins basketball games, and then they fill seats and people get excited about it. But I think that that Bruce Pearl comparison. You just look back and you think about why people loved Bruce so much, and still there's a subset of fans that are like stuck on wanting Bruce back. Let it go, folks. Bruce ain't coming back, and he shouldn't come back. But. Why people loved him so much, including me. I loved Bruce Pearl. He seemed like a guy you'd wanna like hang out with. Yeah. He he was like a he was like He's a fan of Tennessee. They're approachable people. Like they yeah. just they make you feel at ease. Like nothing against Rick Barn. And Josh Hypo has a lot of this too. And you know, when we talked with Ramon Foster a couple of months ago, he kind of alluded to that with Hypo that he's just one of the guys. And you get that feeling with Vitello. Uh, with that interview with Buck today, he's just laid back. It's just like talking to anybody else. With Barnes, it's almost you. Res- you have so much respect for Rick Barnes, but it's 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 kind of like intimidating. Like you're you're in this. Like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Is he going to judge me for how I react to this or that? And with Vitello, it's like he's just one of your buddies that you could say whatever to, and, and it's going to be fine. It's kind of it's sort of the difference put it in like a NFL sense. It's like the difference between like Bill Belichick and like Mike Vrabel. Vrabel, so loved by his players and he's like a player's coach where he'll like did get you see, down. Did you see that photo of, of, of like Will Compton putting cake in Mike Vrabel's mouth literally no. <laughs> this past weekend? It's It was like the Mike Vrabel coach of the year cake and it's you have to look it up. It's But it goes to what you're I speaking do, about. I do need to look that up, but like to yeah. that point, like he he seems like a he seems like a dude, like he's just a dude who who you could hang out with. And mm-hmm. Belichick is like the stalwart, one a ton. <laughs> you he probably wouldn't say two words to you if if you wanted to have a conversation with him. And it's just kind of that that difference where Tennessee obviously we're looking for a winning product, but even if Tennessee baseball wasn't as good as it has become like a college world series level team and there's still like even before we were really liking tony vitello and going like we really like this guy i hope he really succeeds and then him succeeding at a high level has just ratcheted up a thousand levels where it's it is that perfect puzzle piece that just needed to fall into place where we can all it, not just embrace a good baseball team, but have like a figurehead 
who is so fun to get behind. Mm -hmm. And, and we can, you know, guys like us can like write fun stories about what Vitello does and just sort of the things that he says and fans like eat that up. And it really, you know, it gets fans going. Like I said, like it just really uh, tugs at Tennessee fans in, in the way that we haven't had a coach like that in, in a long time time i think and hey, the the moment that did it for vitello was was that grand slam when the way that, oh, yeah. when he ran off and oh. we're all speculating on where did vitello run and then that video <laughs> came up where he's literally just like in the screen just can't even understand what he's saying his hat's all pushed up against the screen like just pure emotion like that <laughs> moment there i was like that's that's the guy you know he's that all is, of us. yeah exactly <laughs> that was so genuine but you can't fake that. That is so organic. And that that was the moment where I where I, at least for myself, where it's like this guy, there's something really, really special here with this guy. Uh he really, really cares. He really wants to be here. And and it means a lot to him, this team and, and this, you know, this university. Well, to get and to get into specifics with his team, I think potentially the bullpen is deeper than it was a year ago. The offense, obviously 68 runs in three games is pretty ridiculous. Most ever in a series for, for Tennessee. Um, but will they have that same firepower when SEC play starts, when you start playing against better pitchers and better defenses? Know. Is it going to be the same in other ballparks that aren't? Tennessee's ballpark is very friendly to hitters. And so I, I think you ratchet up that pitching. I mean you that that's a total game changer because oh, that's, yeah, that's what was missing it's what was missing last year it's why arkansas was so tough to beat is because they could bring in kevin cops and he just shut you down throw him 200 pitches oh you couldn't i mean and you couldn't do 200 pitches you couldn't get anything on the guy like there was nothing that you could do if you could find a situation like that with with your your bullpen and tennessee baseball i mean it's right there for for this team to be another a repeat to the College World Series, and to be just as fun, if not more so, to to last year. And so, well, uh, this weekend will be I very telling. You I mean going down to Houston and playing Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma? Huge three consecutive games. days. So that that'll that'll really tell us where Tennessee baseball's at. But yeah, when you can bring guys like Ben Joyce out that's throwing 103 miles an hour oh. in like a in like a midweek Tuesday game when you don't you don't usually. <laughs> College players, who were they playing? Was that was that the Tennessee Tech game? Maybe that got range shortened. I I can't remember which game that was specifically. It was Tennessee Tech, maybe UNC Asheville, or was it Georgia Southern? Uh, one of those games. No, it was a midweek game, so I think it was Tennessee Tech. I can't imagine that those guys think they're going to go into like a Tuesday Wednesday game where you're usually not seeing a, a program's best pitchers at all. And all of a sudden, you got 103, 104 going by you. I mean, you're like, well, what is happening right now? And they, That's absurd. And you even saw, I had somebody, just a friend of mine, text me. They put Joyce into the game kind of after ten, Tennessee was up like 21 to 0 in one of those games against Iona. And they put him in the game. Somebody texted me and they were like, like why would you put him in the game at, at this point? You're up 21 Probably just zero. his side work in because pitchers are in such a regimented schedule. It, and I mean, I think they just see you want to get him as many reps as possible because 
he's really special. I mean, well, that, he's still coming back. I mean, he's still coming back from Tommy John. I mean, he missed yeah. all of what all of last season. You know, even when a pitcher comes back, it's still February. Yeah, it'll be March by the time a lot of you hear this, but it's still early, early in the season. He's got a long way to go before he really stretches his arm out and hits his stride this season. That's scary, man. Yeah. And you, you got to keep him healthy. A kid that's throwing heat like that. Mm, well, I mean, he's already had the Tommy John, so yeah. you can kind of – odds are you – don't, you don't see a lot of guys go through a second Tommy John surgery. It's almost – when you throw that hard as a pitcher, it's almost better to go ahead and get it at a young age just to get out of the way. Because you look at, like, Jacob deGrom. Uh, I'm a Mets fan. You know, he's, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He had Tommy John surgery when he was in the minors way before he ever came up. Kind of kind of got it out of the way because that happens to you mid-career. Where you miss almost two full seasons in MLB anymore, depending yeah. on when it happens. So maybe that's something that that's a benefit to him when it comes draft time that, that they see that. And they're like, well, you know, he's already went through the elbow reconstruction. Let's give him a shot. But you get I – mean, we haven't even mentioned, like, Blade Tidwell mm-hmm. is still out, who's really – kind of your ace and you get him back you got an x factor like joyce in there and uh some of these other guys that are emerging that we didn't really we weren't sure how how they would be that it turned out to be really good it again it's right there and you just i think everybody looks at this team and goes this is another one that could go to the college world series if you're looking at this team and not thinking that i don't know what you're yeah seeing but and this just, weekend is very telling they're it's, so fun it's gonna be huge turn, turn these games on like there's nothing better especially with mlb no, normally spring training would be starting right now mlb still going through a lockout they've they're meeting they haven't reached a deal today so who knows they'll probably end up canceling some games but there's nothing better than a tuesday or wednesday at four o'clock turning on espn plus and, and watching college baseball because it's a different it's a different game than mlb the passion you see things in college baseball that you just do not see at the professional level. Uh, and it's, it's really fun. And if, if you're not watching it, I would encourage you to watch it. But I think a lot of you are because it's Tennessee baseball is kind of really moving the needle right now. And it, it's, it, I'm a baseball guy, so it's fun for me to see. It is really fun. And we could go on all day about it, but we got a full season. It's, it'll be on till June. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> we, we, we got to wait. Yeah. Hopefully. We got a ways to go with it. Um, and then let's cover. Finally, we, we just wanted to talk about uh, a, a a quick update about the wide receivers coach search for Tennessee football and just say there really hasn't been much that's come out about it. And that in itself is kind of interesting that there hasn't really been any news. We re- still don't really know where Hypel is going with it. Uh, have you have you heard anything, Zach? There's been a few names kind of thrown out there, but they none of them really have any strong connections to Tennessee except David Johnson, the, the former Tennessee assistant, a wide receivers coach, running backs coach under Jeremy Pruitt, who's at Florida State. Apparently, he he's a real possibility, uh, but there, it's just kind of been rumors and, and, and just kind of stuff thrown out there. Tennessee is set to have a big recruiting weekend, you know, this coming weekend. Uh, starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever, junior day. They've got to have a wide receivers coach in by this weekend, I would think. I think something will happen 
uh, any time this week, maybe maybe this evening, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I think somebody's here by this weekend because, like you said, yeah, you just need it. But I trust Heupel to make the hire. I mean, he – I didn't know half of his staff when they came here. I mean, I don't think any of us really did. Who, who knew who Alex Golish was or, or Glenn Ellerby, who was just looked – like he was mentioned Georgia hired an offensive line coach today. I, I can't remember who they hired. It was real interesting is I think Austin Price from VolQuest might have reported that that uh, Todd Munkin, who's, who's back at Georgia – kind of push back against Will Friend, uh, the former Tennessee offensive line coach, push back against him being the hire because Will Friend and Mike Bobo, who's also back to Georgia, are kind of close friends. So Munkin did not like what Will Friend had done at, at Tennessee, and I, I think he was at Auburn most recently. But Glenn, Glenn Ellerby for, for Tennessee was mentioned for that job too. It was, it was kind of a name that had been tossed out there by the Georgia side of things, the, their rivals site that covers Georgia. So you've got these guys that nobody had really ever heard of that suddenly Alex Golish is being pursued by like Ole Miss and Miami. And then maybe Ellerby's an option at Georgia. So that to me, you got to trust whoever Heifel hires. I'm not going to criticize it, whoever it is. I won't question it. Um, we covered it. If you want our sort of in-depth take on it, we covered it last week in full. We kind of said, you know, these, these sort of trendy names were getting, thrown out there trooper taylor and guys i don't care if it's trooper taylor great if it's somebody who i have literally never heard of great because who am i to question this it's not like i have some great insight on the the pipeline of wide receivers coaches in college football um i think hopefully hypel has some insight on on that and his his staff has done a good job so far so i more power to him Obviously, we will talk about it whenever that name drops. Uh, as far as this podcast usually goes, that will probably come uh, in about you know four hours from the time that we record this, and uh, or like tomorrow morning maybe. Just it it will uh, the that news will probably drop the second we post this online. That's when it'll happen <laughs> to make this segment as irrelevant as possible. But whoever it is, we'll cover it next week. And then on the note that you you brought up there in terms of why they kind of need someone in a, in a quick sense, you would think a big recruiting weekend and specifically wrote an article about this kid last weekend and, and where he might go to school. But quarterback, five-star quarterback, Nico, I am Leva, Leva uh, however you might say his name. I apologize to all parties involved for how I butchered that. But... Um, Coming to Tennessee for a, the report was a full three day visit, which mm -hmm. is pretty out of the ordinary. Um, but you're going to have this kid's attention for an extended period of time. And Tennessee needs this kid bad. The predictions are Oregon currently. That That is the, the common knowledge with him so far is that the, what's the, the defensive coordinator from Georgia is the coach at oh, Oregon Dan now. Landing. And Landing. And Supposedly, I think, that, I think that might be kind of a lazy prediction, especially this early on before he's really taking the visits and, and there's more kind of intel on that because he's a West Coast kid. He's from California. So Oregon, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and, uh, Alabama, Georgia, you know, those are the, the main ones 
after Nico and Alabama and Georgia and really Ole Miss are all after Arch Manning first. We talked about that before. So really this feels like it's mainly between Tennessee and Oregon. I mean, not to rule out Alabama and Georgia totally because who knows what they could pull off or decide. They could switch gears. I don't know. And Arch could do something crazy and commit this summer. But it it feels for now like Georgia is the main team that Tennessee has to beat out here. So this weekend is going to be huge. You really got to make a good impression on this kid. And and look, he said that he wants to go where he's wanted. It's not going to necessarily be a geographical decision, which is why I don't think fans should fret that Oregon prediction too much right now. Maybe if it was closer to when he was going to commit, which is kind of expected to be May, uh, it'd be a little more concerning. I think Tennessee, you know, they're gonna sh- he's their number one guy, and and they're going to show him that, and uh, it could make a big impact. Uh, he's clearly he's the type that's not just going to make a real emotional decision. He almost reminds me of like in an Arch Manning type way, where he's going to do his due diligence, take his time, consider other things besides. NIL money and things like that. Like he's really going to go to a school for what the school is. Now, obviously the NIL stuff could still come into play because money's money. I mean, it, you know, that's just a fact of life, but I, yeah, that's, that's why I feel like Tennessee has a legit shot here. And it's been a while since I've thought that about them in a, and a five-star quarterback. You have a lot to sell to, to this mm-hmm. kid, an incredibly powerful offense and a, and a powerful offense with inferior players this, this past year. Not not to bog down on them too much. It was a good set of players for sure. But compared to some of the teams that you played an inferior set of players and you still were able to torch a whole bunch of defenses and you have a quarterback that puts up huge numbers and looks really good and, you know, is it is on a lot of these Heisman short lists for this coming year. And it's all because of Hypel system. I mean, you got a lot to sell a kid like uh, like Nico here. And I'm sure they will. I have no doubt at all they're going to put the hard sell on him is their number one option. He did even, you wrote about this at A to Z sports.com. He met Jamal Lewis at the rivals, Los Angeles camp. And, and they, they made quick friends there. Hopefully Jamal put in a good word for us. Uh, And I mean, at least you would hope he's, he is one of the, the Tennessee players. He doesn't come around very often to Knoxville. I don't, I've seen him at a few games here and there. Does he? Okay. But he, he's not one. He's not one that comes around a ton. There, there are definitely some players that pop up a lot, and he's not really in that set. But he does, does still come around. And and apparently they met at a camp in Los Angeles, and that's on A to Z Sports dot com. If you want to read about, it. I think literally was that today. I think you wrote about yeah, that earlier yeah, today this morning. Yeah. Um, and so it would be huge. You, you, I, I don't think that you can undersell what that would do for Tennessee's recruiting right now to have a bona fide across the board five star in the fold and. And then you sell the ability to sell that to other kids is so huge to, to Butch Jones fed off of this a lot. Like he was able to get, was it, I don't know who committed early enough, like Trey Smith and some of those classes and was able to kind of go like, Hey, we got him here. That's kind of the foundation. Why don't you come here and we're going to build a championship team and, and you can really go, you know, we got a five-star already. How about you bring your five-star self in here? And all of a sudden, we got a really good team going. And that that would be massive. But we, again, to go back to the current predictions, on three.com, which is sort of the new kid on the block as far as recruiting analysis goes, I believe 
not part of 247, but started by Shannon Terry from 247. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's kind of confusing. I, I don't know what the ownership is there, but nonetheless, they have this a- computer algorithm that they put in to get the chances uh, for where a kid will commit for college currently. Uh, I am Lieva. I am Oliva. He's sitting at 12% for Tennessee. So not amazing odds, but also his number one choice, Oregon is only like 36%. So it's still essentially up in the air. You put the hard sell in on this kid right now and, and really do your best. And hopefully those, those odds improve. Don't get beat out by Dan landing in Oregon, please. That would suck. Although geography wise, it makes a little more sense, kids from California. You'd be a lot closer at home in Oregon. And to a certain extent, you can't beat that out. You, you can't move the state of Tennessee closer to California. But I, I think the, the chances are there for, for Tennessee. Just capitalize. We need this kid badly. And if not him, some of these elite players, like you, we've got to start landing some of these big recruits yeah. to be able to sell. Uh, to other recruits, but we'll we'll just have to see. Like you said, it looks like May, right? And I think he himself said yeah. that. The Nico so. himself said May. Um, we'll yeah. see. How I mean, it turns land, out. landing landing an elite quarterback like that—that's that's when your program's going to fully turn around. I mean, you can't do it without that. No. Uh, it, so this would be a big one, and they got to figure it out. If they miss on him. You know, it's just going to set the program back another year unless one of these guys that, that they've got turns out to be, you know, better than we expected or, you know, maybe Taven Jackson turns out to be an elite quarterback. You never know. It does happen sometimes. So we'll just have to see. Good stuff there. I think we're coming up on an hour 10 here, Zach. Anything for the good folks at home as we head out the door? Anything we might have missed? Uh, no, I think that for now covers it. Like you said, I expect – Within 30 minutes, something crazy to happen, but yeah. we'll see. And hopefully, if it is anything crazy, let it be about sports and not about Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> please and thank you. No more war, please. Please uh, have that resolution come as soon as possible. But otherwise, uh, that is it for us. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. I, I do want to mention this because this is like fully relevant uh, to the setup now because I've been doing this on the last couple of episodes so on youtube when you watch on youtube it'll pop up here at the end of the episode i think pop up in front of my face that we have suggested videos on on the a to z channel and so click on one of those because all of a to z sports content is great and then i think on top of zach's face what will pop up is a subscribe button for a to z sports uh the the youtube channel make sure that you click on one if not both of those uh, to do us all all a favor here because we're we're just trying to get the word out and heck yeah. share the show put post it up on the twitter on the facebook i don't know um wherever fine podcasts are sold and can be advertised um because we just we want to get folks in here it's a ton of fun we're this show is i is this cynical to say it's gone on and gotten a bigger audience than I probably ever thought that it would is, is does that just say that I have no confidence in myself? Maybe, maybe, but, but I kind of feel the same way. So <laughs> is what it is. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, a to Z sports.com, a to Z sports podcast network feed rate, review, subscribe, blah, 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 a to Z sports on YouTube. Subscribe 
there and uh, click the videos that pop up in front of my face here at the end. And uh, other than that, I think that's it. Zach, another great episode down, and we'll talk to everybody next week. See you guys later. Get yourself a girl.